circumvented by R. Ramsey. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading by Lars Rolander. Circumvented by R. Ramsey. I tell you, he does not dream of Dolly. How can you imagine anything so absurd? That was how the family tyrant addressed her mother. And poor Mrs. Rode was as ever annihilated. It was a vain thing to try and brave Georgiana. There she stood in the window, majestic, the eldest daughter, her straight hair stiffly ridged with hot irons, her face pale, and her lips determined, altogether handsome, but very hard. Behind her one had a glimpse of a forlorn little figure wandering in the grass. The sight of that lonely figure, and a dim idea of its unhappiness, made the poor lady pluck up spirit to murmur still, I, I, I thought that Freddy— Impossible, said Georgiana. Her voice vibrated with a little more than disdain. Why, what could he see in a stupid little goose like that? It would be cheaper to buy a sixpenny doll and set it up in his house. Then at least he could always change it. But if he wants a wife... In the garden Dolly was walking rather sadly among the trees, and her white skirts brushed against the grass like a sigh. She was a little slip of a thing with Irish eyes, great and grey, always brimming with either a laugh or tears, and she had the dearest eager face in the world. It was a troubled face now, for she could not understand why life had been made bitter to her just lately. Perhaps it was because of some unwitting sin, perhaps because the family tyrant felt, like her, the approaching parting with their oldest playfellow. Georgiana had a peculiar way of showing when she was vexed. The Reverend Frederick Cockburn had not always been six feet high and a parson, and for the greater part of their lives they had only been parted by a garden wall. Even when he was at college he was continually running down, and they had never made a plan without him. He belonged to the girls like a brother. Later he had had to admonish them as a curate, but he had been their old comrade still. Of course he was lucky to get a living offered to him so young, and it was only right that he should accept it, but still it was a blow. Freddy had run in so often to talk it over. The girls knew all about his house and his parish, down to the woman who played the harmonium and dragged the chants that they had forgotten it was so far away. Now they had suddenly to remember. Dolly was under the weeping ash, where she and Freddy had hidden when they were little. Georgiana had had the biggest bite of the apple, and then she had deserted and said, I'll tell how she would miss him. Always he had been her champion, defending her when Georgiana was angry and pulled her hair and although these days were past, she wanted him more than ever. It had hurt her lately that he should have been monopolized by Georgiana, and that she had been thrust back and made a third. 
He was a young housekeeper, and the eldest daughter could talk of carpets and curtains and butchers' bills. To Dolly, life was a weary nightmare of Freddy serious in a chair and Georgiana giving him good advice. Vainly, she tried to keep her lips steady, leaning her head in among the leaves. Half a mile away, a black object was sitting on a fence, whistling impatiently, inwardly furious with Georgiana. If she would only come out of the gate, he said, hitting wildly at all the buttercups in his reach, if she'd only give me a chance. But she's just pinned to Dolly, and I never can get a minute. His whistle grew more lugubrious and i'm off to-morrow never in the ancient days when he used to stand in front of his younger playmate and defy georgiana had he felt her to be such a tyrant he longed to stand up to her and shake his fist at her as of old an instant he stood on the highest rail of the fence to reconnoitre beyond the trees and then sat down again in despair i know she thinks i'm not good enough for dolly he said we always were enemies but she might let me ask her it's dolly's business then he jumped down in a hurry that would have been undignified in any vicar less young and eager among the trees he had caught sight of the unaccompanied white flutter of dolly's dress at the familiar whistle she started reddening and glancing fearfully towards the house the tyrant's ears were sharp but for once it appeared that she had not heard it and dolly rushed down the tree-hidden path to the gate her head was just under the green branches and they caught at her hair as she hurried the prettiest picture in all the garden with a quaint little forward stagger oh freddy she said he was leaning over the gate, which was fastened with a complicated arrangement of twisted string, meant to hold it together and keep it shut. There was something earnest and businesslike in his manner. He hardly smiled at her greeting, and it hurt her. His face was so desperately solemn. Do you want Georgiana? she said bravely, to, to talk about furniture? He looked at her reproachfully across the gate. Dolly, he said, how can you be so unkind? I've been haunting the place for hours, watching to catch you alone. I've no chance if I go to the house, and—and and I can't stand housekeeping and chairs and tables. At the emphatic climax they had to laugh. He was struggling mechanically with the string and dolly was making believe to help him you used always to jump it she said their hands touched as they fumbled at it and she felt a new and disturbing thrill hadn't you better do that if you have not become too grand don't said freddy ah their fingers had been too near he caught hers and held them tight they are all chaffing me about being a vicar and having a house and all that, asking if I've got anybody to put into it. But what's the good if you can't get the girl you want? Oh, said Dolly, looking startled and shrinking 
as far as the imprisoned hand would allow. He held it fast. Dolly, he said, we've always been chums, you and I. Let me tell you, and then you must tell me honestly if you think, if I've got any chance. He was interrupted. Is that you, Freddy? What a blessing! I wanted to tell you what you must do about the study. It was with a kind of terror that he saw Georgiana charging down upon them remorselessly through the trees. Dolly had wrung her hand away and vanished with a little sound like a gasp, and he, on the wrong side of the gate, was almost speechless with wrath and temper. If a man can't furnish his own study as he likes, he stammered darkly, turning on his heel. Georgiana was like a fate. What was Freddy saying? A rather sad little face was visible among the leaves of the weeping ash. I, I don't know, Georgiana. He was just beginning. I think he has fallen in love again. The elder girl glanced at her young sister with a gleam of suspicion, but Dolly had spoken in all good faith. And indeed, in the dim past, Freddy had once or twice been smitten, and had confided his troubles to the kind ears of Dolly. They had been slight affairs, and, although unhappy, always less tragic than laughable. He did not say who it was? No, answered Dolly because you interrupted. I, I, I'm trying to guess. Georgiana turned her back on the wistful grey Irish eyes. Can't you? she said, and walked away utterly hard-hearted. That evening there was a formidable leave-taking. To Freddy Cockburn it was a nightmare. As he sat in the drawing-room being talked to by Georgiana and Mrs. Rhodes, Dolly was very silent. He grew desperate. The last precious minutes were ticking loudly, now and then marked by a warning whir as the grandfather's clock reproached him. He listened to them, but all the while he was wandering backwards hand in hand with Dolly, Dolly who now sat so distantly in the window. With a start his mind came back impatiently to the present. Good-bye, my dear boy. We shall hear how you get on. Your mother will write and tell us. You must let me know how you manage about the stairs, said Georgiana. They accompanied him to the door, lingering affectionately to watch him go, and behind them the great brown clock was ticking the last, last minutes reproachfully. He shook hands and waited desperately bold. Will you come to the gate with me, Dolly? There was a slight pause at that abrupt invitation. He saw Dolly involuntarily start forward, and then hesitate, with a faint red wonderment in her cheek. He waited, gazing back eagerly at his fate in the balance. "'Yes, Dolly, come along,' said Georgiana. The vicar of Little Easter was in his study. He had not been writing sermons, but pens were lying about the table and there were other signs of an intellectual struggle. I can't do it, he said at last, crumpling up many fragments of blotted paper, each the unlucky beginning of a letter. 
Then he thrust his hands through his hair, giving it a despairing rumple. It's no good, he said. I can't put it in a letter, and it does look a cowardly way of asking, like chalking up a thing and running round the corner. If I were a girl and a fellow wrote to me instead of coming and standing to his guns, I should call it cheek. Dear Dolly, he tore the last attempt furiously across. She would think it was a joke and show it all round the family for them to laugh at it, too, he lamented. If Georgiana did not kidnap it first, I don't think she would stick at that and I'm afraid she regularly hates me. Queer. He stared forlornly at the heap of papers, and then all at once an idea struck him, and he jumped up. Hooray! With sudden energy he flung out of his study and crossed the hall. His mother was sitting in her room, the only place that was quite in order, stitching rings on curtains. She was going to stay and put him to rights before returning home, and leaving him in his glory. "'What is the matter, Freddy?' she said. "'I was thinking,' said the vicar soberly, "'that you've a lot to do. Couldn't you ask one of the girls over while you are here to help?' "'If you think the place is ready for visitors,' said Mrs. Cockburn, smiling. The girls were, of course, Freddy's old companions. "'Well, you might ask Dolly. I'm sure she wouldn't mind.' The old lady looked up keenly, but his manner was very careless. "'Why not Georgiana?' she inquired. "'Eldest first. "'I don't think she could be spared just now,' said the vicar, hiding his alarm. "'And, uh, and I'd like the place to be tidy before she came.' So Mrs. Cockburn wrote and invited Dolly. The answer came very quickly. Dolly could not leave home just now. While his mother was reading out the many sufficient reasons, Freddy stared hopelessly across at the fatal letter. His face expressed utter dejection until about halfway through. At the last clause it lighted up with an inspiration. He leaned over the table. Then, mother, of course you'll ask Georgiana. His mother glanced at him oddly. Do you want her? Want her? cried the vicar. Rather! There was no mistaking the eagerness in his voice. It betrayed itself in the very stammer with which he proceeded. I didn't know she would come, but if Dolly's to manage the school treat this year, and if Dolly's to take the club, they won't want Georgiana. Tell her we can't possibly get the house put to rights without her. Say whatever you think will bring her. Only make her come. He got up and fetched his writing things from the study. Mrs. Cockburn had to write the invitation then and there, almost to his dictation. Tell her she must come, he cried impetuously, rushing away to look for a stamp, and then riding in with the letter himself to catch the early post. Mrs. Cockburn looked after him amused, but just a little bit disappointed. It's Georgiana, then, after all, she said. Three days later Georgiana was installed at Little Easter. She arrived with rather too many clothes for a person who was to help in getting a house in order, but that did not prevent her from buckling too. Mrs. Cockburn, 
a kind old lady with a twinkle of humor to comfort her in her trials was taken aback by her visitor's authoritative grasp at the reins but freddy having suffered more nearly from her tyrannical ways thought he had never known her so gracious in fact he repented himself of the hard things he had been thinking of all but a certain determination i don't believe she hates me really he thought it was only that she didn't want me to marry dolly he made that reflection whilst shaving with care the morning after her arrival on coming down to breakfast he found her at her post she had already whisked away half the litter that was hampering the breakfast-room and was making the tea as he came in she nodded good morning freddy your mother is breakfasting in her room what a wilderness your house is at present the first thing after breakfast will be to have a man in and put down the carpets but they are down stammered the vicar who had laboured hard all the past week all crooked said georgiana she poured out his tea and sat down opposite with an air of calm superiority and possession which the vicar was too agitated to remark having long since made up her mind as to what she wanted she was not unduly elated at the present turn of affairs freddy was always fickle and it had taken very little pains to keep him apart from dolly while that fancy lasted it was not her part to consider dolly dolly years younger and pretty and always light something like exultation glittered in georgiana's eyes she had a glimpse of dolly at home and smiled her triumph was pitiless oh by the by she said your idea of furnishing the drawing-room is too ridiculous it ought to be smart and shiny a company room you don't want old pictures and comfortable chairs don't i said the vicar with a half smile thinking whose whims he had tried to suit in the furnishing no said georgiana her tone was lordly i'll tell you what i will do you shall drive me into the town and i will help you to choose what you really want do began the vicar and then stopped hastily reddening she looked at him witheringly unaware that the word suppressed had been simply dolly in the meantime she vouchsafed after a crushing pause he looked up suddenly from his letters i'm afraid you'll be dull georgiana he said rising it's awfully good of you to come and perhaps you can find some amusement you can do what you like you know so long as you don't touch my study or trick it up like a heathen place in japan the fact is i find i must leave you and mother for a day or two is that the dog-cart my train is at half-past ten georgiana looked out of the window there was the dog-cart and a beast of a brown horse pawing and snorting to take him away to the country station she turned round angrily like a person who had been cheated why she asked freddy had left the breakfast-table and was stacking his letters behind the clock he answered her with a kind of chuckle important business three minutes later he was running down the stairs got up for a journey mrs cockburn was just saying good morning to the rather blank-looking visitor 
and he kissed her hurriedly i must go off at once he said georgiana will explain and i say mother in a tone of anxious hospitality don't let her go home or anything till i come back i must catch the early train dolly was all alone there was no dragon guarding her and she might wander unwatched about the garden unvexed by the family tyrant's whim however she sat forlornly under the willow tree she was disappointed at not being allowed to go and visit mrs cockburn but queerly enough it had hurt her more to find her refusal met by that urgent invitation to georgiana it was a much warmer letter mrs cockburn had been told in inviting georgiana to say whatever would bring her and she had according written freddy says she must come twice they were ringing in dolly's ears these impetuously written words but she had not any right to be angry and hardly any right to be sad only if that message had been in her letters she would have defied them all the sun burnt down over all the garden except under the sad green shade of the willow tree afterwards it sank lower and lower behind the beeches until it was almost dusk it was then that dolly heard a familiar whistle she started up from the grass and her wistful face was scarlet it must be imagination almost before she knew it she was hurrying up the path oh she gasped finding herself at the gate and ready to turn and fly as the strange whistler came in sight her heart beat too fast for her to hear any step as if it could be him dolly he cried in a voice of triumph how did you get here she panted he vaulted the gate this time and was immediately by her side by train he said coolly as soon as i had got georgiana safe i bolted dolly paled slightly had he come to make an announcement will you come in to mother she said faintly but freddy barred the way no he said i won't she was almost frightened he was so white and eager and so emphatic dolly he said i've got my chance at last georgiana thinks i'm not half good enough for you and i'm sure it's true but i don't care she'd no right to fight as she did for her lofty plans it's your business and dolly dolly i love you so i like the house said georgiana she spoke in a slightly patronizing tone and poor mrs cockburn sighed it is rather big she said but if freddy should marry and settle down it will not be too big declared georgiana i have been drawing up my ideas about the rooms and i have toiled all the morning in the study mrs cockburn looked alarmed even in a possible daughter-in-law this was rather drastic he will not like you to touch his study i know he charged me to let it alone said georgiana calmly but it is no good giving in to a man's absurd notions and he had crammed it with such extraordinary things i have made it look like another place 
again freddy's mother sighed it was the familiar tone of the family tyrant she sighed for freddy the sigh was interrupted by his return unexpectedly as he had disappeared yesterday he came back they heard him cross the hall with a long quick eager step and then he burst in upon them a boy again well where have you been asked his mother smiling he was so tired and dusty and so excited the vicar looked at her like a schoolboy half proud half shy i've been to the old place he said to ask dolly if she would have me and she says yes End of Circumvented by R. Ramsey Read by Lars Rolander